Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Beyond Grit with Robert Young. I appreciate you taking the time to listen in on another great conversation. So my new mission is to spread a little daily love to my kids and my wife. I started sending them messages just to instill a little self-growth and gratitude and love every day. You know, sometimes we need to be reminded to take time for ourselves. Forgive ourselves. If we messed up during the week, remind us that we were loved. Or help us see the pleasure in tough decisions. You know, what's that outcome? We need support. We need to believe in us. And we need each other to get through the daily grind. My guest this week is Noah Gully. Noah is a local barber and has his own business called Gully and Company, Barbering and Aesthetics, located in Charlotte. You know, I'm going to read a post from his Instagram, the post that he did when he opened his business. I really did it through the ups and downs, the good times and the bad. I remember days when I was broke, I didn't have a dollar to my name, job to job, couches to air mattresses. The only thing that stayed consistent was my dream and vision and my ambition to create a better life, not only for myself, but for those around me. Today, I'm proud to announce I have opened Gully and Company Barbering and Aesthetics in which I will be offering an array of advanced barbering and aesthetic services. I've always wanted to be a business owner, but I never knew it would come at 24 years old. I've continuously spread positive energy and love in my community, and I believe this is the energy coming full circle. I'm beyond thankful for my family, friends, and clients who have supported me and motivated me all the way. Without y'all, this would be impossible. Sometimes in life, there's a million ways to go. If you don't know where you're going, But when you manifest and work hard for your goals and your dreams and stick to your path, you will always get to where you're going. Not everyone in this life gets the same privileges or opportunities, but I promise if you do right by those around you, keep a positive mindset, work hard, spread the love, and this life will take you anywhere you want it to. I'm beyond blessed and thankful, and I hope I inspire someone to take the best risk possible. Invest in yourself. Peace. Boom. That's it in a nutshell. He's 25 years old. And he just, he he amazed me. I loved it. So get your coffee, your hot tea, sit back and enjoy. I'll see you next week. Hey, Noah, how are you? How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for taking time out of your busy day to, to sit down and have a little chat with me. Sure. Thanks for having me. So Noah is, um, he's a barber and owns his own business right here in Charlotte. And um, give me a little background and tell me what you're doing right now. Okay. So right now, uh, yesterday, I actually just hit my milestone of four years of being a licensed barber. So nice. I've been cutting in the South Charlotte area for about three and a half years now. And uh, just in the past eight months, actually, I opened up my own suite. So I basically, you know, have a one-man barbershop, a one-man suite that perform my work in. Now, when you talk about opening up a suite, is that in one of those areas where there are other barbers and, and stylists and stuff in one building and you've got your own little spot? 
Correct. So it's like a large building and I basically have like probably a 250 square foot room in, okay. in one big building. So yeah, we have barbers, uh, hairstylists, people who do esthetician work, massages, different stuff like that. That's a big accomplishment to get out. Do you like it being by yourself outside of so, the shop? So going from like uh, being in a bigger shop to being by myself, it has been quite a change but I enjoy it because I have good uh, relationships with all my clients and whatnot. I say for now is great for me, but it's just, like you said, it's just a milestone. So there's a whole lot more to come. What got you involved in barbering? It was, was it something you've always wanted to do? So originally barbering came to my mind back in 2014. I was, a, I just graduated high school and I was 18. My daughter was on the way and I just found out that I was about to have a kid. So I, I never really had too good of a relationship with my father. However, when I was becoming a man turning 18 and I'm like, you know, I feel like I need some guidance from my dad. Like, I've, I don't really know him like that. I don't know what he's about or what kind of advice he could give me at this point in my life. So I basically just decided to go visit him. He's him and my mom are from Fort Dodge, Iowa, just a real small town. So I basically just went to visit him and it was my first time seeing him in probably five or six years. And, you know, he was just like, son, what are you going to do? Like you have a daughter on the way. And I was like, I really didn't have a plan. And my uncle was actually a very uh, prominent barber out there in Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, he owns a couple of barber shops and he's traveled all around the country and competed in shows and, and it's, he's cut celebrities and, you know, he's made a good living for himself. So I guess growing up and going to visit him at the barbershop over the years and just seeing like the type of money that the barbers made and the type of cars that they drove and the type of schedules that they had. It was just like, I knew I always wanted to, you know, be an entrepreneur and work for myself. So when my dad suggested that, it was just like, all right, like I'll check it out. Did you kind of fall in love with it after you started doing it? I did. So it was a big sacrifice for me. My daughter and, and uh, her mom were supposed to come out to Iowa because I decided to go out to Iowa to, to start my school. And, you know, they were supposed to come, but they never did. So I kind of just ended up out there 18 years old, you know, with my dad, who I didn't really know. And, you know, I started barber school, but it was something that I quickly, you know, fell in love with and, and made big sacrifices to even start. So it was quite a journey. So were you originally in the Charlotte area and then you went up to Iowa and did your training and then came back here? Right. So I was actually up, uh, born and raised in Charlotte and okay. um, decided to just kind of, you know, fly out there with the suitcase with as much stuff as I could pack. And um, yeah, I ended up staying out there for six months. I didn't actually complete the program out there kind of ran into some problems with my dad and some demons that he was fighting and some some generational curses he was trying to break so um it didn't it didn't really work out well for us and I did have to end up coming back to Charlotte after about six months I was halfway through with the program when I came back okay now if people don't know there are a lot of hours involved in barbering now with barbering, is it still, you guys have more hours than going to cosmetology school, don't you? Well, cosmetology, we have 28 more hours, but I always okay. compare it to, it's crazy that barbers have about double the hours that it takes to become a police officer. That's kind of what all our barbers always say. 
Yeah. Tell people how many hours you hit. So it's not only the hours that you have to be in school, but then you have to go and work in the shop too. Right. So what does it so, involve to, to get your, your barber license? So basically it's about, uh, the tuition is about 16 to $20,000. It's a program of 1,528 hours in North Carolina. So that can last anywhere if you're going part-time to full-time, anywhere from like 10 to 14 months or 11 to 14 months. And um, so pretty much after you finish your barber school, then you get a permit to work paper. And with this permit to work, then you're eligible to go work in a shop for 90 days. But within that 90 days, you have to complete your state board. So when you do state board, you pretty much drive up to Raleigh. You take a 120 question test. You take a live model and you do a straight razor shave and a haircut on them. And then once you pass that, you get your apprenticeship license. When you have your apprenticeship license, you can't own a shop. You can't work on your own like I'm doing now. You have to work under somebody for one year. So after you work under somebody for one year, then you go and you do the same process. You don't have to take the written test. You just take the model up to Raleigh, do the straight razor shave and the haircut, and then you have your what they call as a register or a master license. And with that, you can open your own shop. You can, you know, work for yourself the whole nine. Yeah. I mean, it's no small task to, to do that. And uh, the only reason I, I kind of know is I, I love barbering. I like, I like the whole business of it. Right. You know, I love it. And I've actually, I kind of looked into it about five years ago and there aren't a lot of barbering schools here in Charlotte, there used to be, but now they've kind of closed down. Where did you end up finishing? Um, so I finished school at No Grease Barber okay. School. Yeah, yeah that's one, one of, them. of them that's been around and, and stayed. Yeah, they've been around for over 25 years now. And it was crazy because after I came back from Iowa, then I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to get enrolled in school in Charlotte. So then I enrolled in school in Charlotte. But at this small time, No Grease had went under a bigger school, which was called Park West. And basically they did that for uh, financial aid access and different, just access to more uh, capital for bigger schools, better schools, more equipment, stuff like that. So basically when uh, I came back out here to Charlotte and got back into the school, they closed down Park West. They ended up going bankrupt and then closed down. So then there was another year that passed by that I didn't get my license. So it was definitely like an uphill battle. Yeah. Well, what were you doing in the meantime? Uh, so in the meantime, I ended up, well, I, I was always good with photography. So I would do uh, maybe proms or events or baby showers. And I was always taking photos. And then I also worked for a, a general contracting company for about a year. And then like an electrical company for another about a year, six months, something like that. So just I got grinding, the, grinding yeah, and just, doing it just grinding that's all I ever knew is like since I was 13 I'll be out there mowing yards or you know raking leaves or doing some chores for somebody or selling some shoes or so I knew it anyway I was going to get it but I knew I wanted to be a barber because it, it just I saw like how much it could provide for me and my family well that's good to know the driving force behind it because you could have moved back and said you know this isn't going to happen Right. But you kind of had that drive, that vision. And so you grew up here in Charlotte. Um, Born and raised. Do you have any, any siblings? Um, I do. Uh, so on my mom's side, I have a little brother um, who we actually grew up like in the same house, having the same mom. So he's uh, 15 years old and he's he goes to uh, Butler in, here in Charlotte. 
Okay. And then I have on my dad's side, I have three brothers, 18 and two twins that are 15. They're here in Charlotte. And then I have an older sister who's 33 and she lives in San Antonio. And then I have a sister that's 18. She lives in West Virginia. So on okay. my dad's side, on my dad's side, there's six of us. Wow. So not having, you know, a dad, right? Or a male figure or a dad figure there next to you day in, day out. Did you have a mentor or did you have somebody that you looked up to, to help you along? My mom, like, although I didn't have my dad around my mom, she always did a great job, one, at raising me herself, but two, really embodying the quote, like, it takes a community to raise a child, you know what I mean? So I always, like, had great male mentors ever since I was a kid. I, I have different points in my life. I have different, you know, mentors that I can think back on or that I still am in contact with today whether it be with business or school or just life in general, I have, you know, so many great male mentors that really helped me. It was, it wasn't always easy. I definitely, I wouldn't consider myself a troubled child, but when I went back to my high school a couple of years ago and kind of met with a lot of my teachers that, you know, I hadn't been back to my high school in four years, they were like, you weren't really troubled, but you were just kind of ahead of your time or you were kind of just were bored in school. You were very smart. You were bored and you just wanted to, you know, go against the grain, which is something I feel like I just always had that, that entrepreneur bug in me that kind of like made me look at school or made me, you know, just flock to mentors over school or over teachers or, you know, I kind of just wanted that, you know, that real life mindset, right. you know what I mean? You wanted to get out there and, and start doing it. Right which is good. Did you do any sports? Did you play sports growing up? So I played basketball up until eighth grade. And then I didn't make the team in seventh or eighth grade. The teacher told, or the coach told me like, you have to grow 12 inches and come back next year. Something like, and it broke my heart, man. And I was just like, so dedicated to basketball, but I was so small and I didn't really hit my growth spurt to my senior year. So uh, my freshman year, I ended up I was a varsity wrestler, and then my 10th grade year, I played golf, and then still with my love of basketball, my best friend was the point guard at the time, then my 11th and 12th grade year, I became, like, the basketball statistician and, like, manager and stuff like that. Okay, yeah. so if you weren't going to play it, you were going to, you were going to be involved in it. Right, I was definitely involved with it. I felt like you just got good lessons in sports, and especially in basketball. That's great. So I was looking at um, your list of topics that you wanted to discuss, and um, we'll talk about being an entrepreneur. Were you scared to go off on your own and start your own thing, or was that just a natural progression for you? I can't say that I didn't have second guesses or didn't have doubts, because I think we all do, right? But mm -hmm. I feel like in my mind, I always just held myself at a high standard. And even just listening to how other people view me or, or what they thought about me growing up, I kind of feel like I was destined to be a business owner or kind of like, you know, it's not really, it doesn't come as a surprise that, you know, I did choose the leap and take, you know, cause I've always kind of been a leader and I've always, like I said, I always wanted to try different things and I wasn't scared to fail. I did you know, a clothing line and I did multi-level marketing and I did so many different things when I was younger that I feel like as like now it's like, I'd rather take the risk 
and possibly fail at 25 years old, then to wait another five years or another 10 years. And then I'm, you know, then I'm even got less time. So right now I feel like time is just on my side. And I feel like I'm at a point to where if I lost it all today, I feel like I could still rebuild it. But I feel like as you progress in your entrepreneurship and as you have, you know, whether it's more capital or more uh, clients or more, you know, inventory or whatever, it kind of gets, you get more nervous because you like, you got more to lose and you get more scared of, you know, going back to where you started. Yeah. I've heard that a lot where people, once you start building stuff up and, and it's for me too, you're scared to lose it, you right. know? And, and, um, and then there's some people that will build it up and boom, invest it and do whatever with it. And, uh, there's always that, that risk as an entrepreneur in going right. into it and you just have to kind of understand it and know it's there and enjoy it. And some people, you know, have a vision. Some people have, you know, want to stay in a shop, a single person and, and do their thing every day. And other people have this vision of, I want to own my own shop and I want to have right. this many chairs. Where do you see yourself? Like, what's your big picture? I feel like oftentimes, which is something that I've struggled with, is just focusing on one thing instead of spreading myself out so thin, like get some, get one thing rolling, and then I can hop over to that next thing. But I feel like with the past four years, I've done that with barbering and it's really paid off. So right now, I'm just, my short-term vision would be to just duplicate what I did last year because I had a very good year, very successful in my book, and, you know, just continuous growth however in the future with the barbering I would kind of like to not I wouldn't say imitate but you know kind of put my own my own sauce on it or whatever you want to call it uh, to doing what like no grease has they have you know shops around Charlotte and all the malls they have shops in Atlanta shops in South Carolina Greensboro you know what I mean so it's just like building a successful business that can then duplicate itself and multiply and, and then, you know, then get into schools, barber schools, stuff like that. So I'm just building like a barber empire, I guess you could say. I like the, I like the fact that, you know, with the barber shops that they can be unique to the owner, right? right. They're not just cookie cutter places. They're like, this is my spot. It's almost yeah. like the barbershop man cave, you <laughs> bring it down to there, but that's great. I like that. What do you do outside of, of barbering? I see you, you like, you like travel and what are you doing as a youth advocate? Outside of barbering really, man, I'm just kind of like man, so immersed in work and just health. So really I'll just be going to the gym and then going to work and then vice versa. You know what I mean? I just kind of come home and chill, but in my, in my free time, in my spare time, I'll usually be with my fiance. We like to travel. Uh, we like to go on day trips or, you know, go have Sunday fun days, uh, have my daughter some weekends. So, you know, I love to hang out with her and take her to do fun things. Um, I love hanging out with my mom and my brother and kind of just hanging out with family. I'm a real family dude. But yeah, as far as the youth goes, um, I feel like every day I get a chance to do that, which is something I love about barbering. Um, I've done a, I've done a lot of things like in the community uh, where I did like a back to school drive and raised hundreds of supplies for kids. I've done, you know, like homeless drives and stuff. But after working with homeless 
it was a great experience, but I feel like it was more important for me to focus on the youth and to focus on how can we stop this from happening? How can we plant these good seeds in the youth? Let them know that, you know, this is the direction you want to go, not this way or, or whatever you want to call it. So two years ago, I was working with Tucker is right before the pandemic. I was working with Tucker CG Elementary. If you don't know, that's one of kind of an underprivileged school in Charlotte. It's a Title I school. They got a lot of, you know, bad situations there. So I put together a group of uh, about 10 barbers and we went up to Tuckasegee and we cut like 20 or 25 kids um, who really didn't have access to haircuts. And I kind of wanted to start a nonprofit around that, but then COVID hit. So now it's okay. just kind of, they won't really allow us in the schools now. So it's kind of just like a standstill as far as that comes. But like I said, I kind of I, I cut kids every day and I, and I build relationships with these kids and I, and I talk to them, you know, like men, like young men and, and just let them know, you know, how important it is to be a good person. For one, that's where a lot of it starts. But, you know, how important hard work is and having ideas and, you know, getting an education and taking risk and different things like that. Yeah, I think that's awesome. So many people, me included, they need that person that will show them the way or believes in them right? and that you can do this. Yeah. You've got to have that personal grit and determination and where you want to go, but having somebody there to help you show you the way, especially for young kids. And when they're in tough situations to say like, do this, be like this and, and show them by example, like you can succeed. So no, I think that's great. Sometimes I get caught up and I'm like, hey, well, I remember when I was a kid, I didn't listen to anybody. You know what I mean? It's like, how do I know these kids are listening to me? What if it's just going in one ear and out the other? But then, like I was just telling you earlier, like I have mentors from all ages of my life that each one of them left something with me, whether I used it that day or it came back 10 years later and, and it registered in my mind. So that's just kind of how I view things with kids. It's like, is you're never going to get through a kid and make it make them a perfect kid and like they won't make any mistakes but as long as you can just plant those good seeds and you know one day they're going to think about you and they're going to say you know what that's what he was talking about and this is what the decision I'm going to make and it could be that you touch one kid who touches another kid who then goes on to touch a million people you know what right. I mean so it's like if you can just touch that one person then I think that we have to you know stop focusing on changing the whole world but just you know kind of focus on spreading that light through our community or through right next to us people around us all right i agree how old's your daughter my daughter she's seven okay what's her name elena elena yep that's that's my biggest blessing man that's what uh, i do it all for yeah no that's good that's good no i've got you're at seven and uh, mine's 21. Mm. I mean, raising kids isn't easy, man. Yeah. I think I read you're empty. You're finally an empty nester now. Yeah. Yep. yep. So my son just had a, went off to college. Um, we dropped him off right after the holidays. So yeah. it's a little quiet around here. Yeah. Not a lot bad. of people say parenting is only 18 years, but I'm 25 and I still talk to my mom every day. Oh, I hope, you know, I, <laughs> my daughter still reaches out to me. My son still call, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you don't know the plant, the seeds that you're planting 
and until later on till they're right. they're in their 20s and then all of a sudden you're like oh okay they yeah. kind of listened you know yeah you're like i did a good job <laughs> yep yep and it's not always like you said it's not always telling them stuff or telling them what to do it's it's by example when they watch you they're like right. all right that's what my dad did and and he worked really hard to get to where you are today and that yeah. it's not easy Tell me about um, the pressures of of being a man. Uh, that's something I say very often to a lot of people around me. I'm not trying to take away that there's like not pressures of a woman or anything when I speak mm -hmm. about the pressures of a man. I'm just speaking on my personal, you know, belief or my personal experience. But I ask, uh, I have a lot of clients around probably like their 30s, 40s, even some in their 50s who are, you know, very successful and who give me great advice. But um, I feel like this one thing that we all have in common is just the pressure, man, the pressure to get up and perform every day, the pressure to take care of your family. And you not only have the right now, but you have the future to think about and you have job and bills and just the whole the whole life. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's not something that I would say is getting to me, but it's saying at 25, I'm really starting to feel it like I'm really starting to, you know, feel like I'm coming into a real adult mindset. I'm thinking about life insurance and you know, 401ks and IRAs and stocks and trying to create generational wealth and trying to, you know, not succumb to alcohol and drugs and a whole lot of different, you know, just things that oof, it's a lot, man. Yeah. Well, when you start building, you start taking one step and then to the next step and then to the next step. And th there are those right. pressures. Do you feel like there's a pressures of, can I really do this? Or is there something else? Yeah, I mean, sometimes I guess for me, I just say, wow, like, am I, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Or should I do this? Or do I have to do this? Or, you know what I mean? Is this mm -hmm. what life is? I just feel like, uh, after, well, we took a trip to Aruba a couple of weeks ago. And that really just changed my perspective on a lot of things, man. That's why I said, you know, my, my overall goal and my overall plan is big, but then I take a trip like that and I'm just like, they have minimum. They don't have a whole bunch of clothes and cars and they just got the beach, a happy mm -hmm. island and whatever. So it's like, it like contradicts almost when it's like, you want to, you want to achieve the most and you want to go all the way and, you know, be the best you can be and, you know, be financially great and, you know, inspire people. But then, I take a trip like that and I'm like, man, I could just hang out on this island and not really need for too much. You know what I yeah. mean? It was like, which one do I want? But it's a lot of pressure either way. Cause it's like, if you're one way or another, you're neglecting a part right. of you. You know right. what I mean? I think, you know, sitting here talking to you right now, I think if you were to do that, you would last about a month and you would be bored. And right. that's just kind of, you know, listening to your story and listening to what you've done thus far, you're, you're a doer, right? Right. I know it always looks good. And I'm like, man, I just want to hang out here and I don't want to do anything. But then after a couple of weeks, you're like, okay, yeah, I'm ready to get back to it. Back ready to the to mission thing. Yeah. All right. So travel, you like, you guys like to travel. Do you travel as much as you can or? Yeah, so that was actually my first time out the country. Um, I've been a few places in the States, and we went to Puerto Rico this past year for my birthday. But yeah, that's really something like growing up with a single mom and whatnot, like 
she didn't always have the extra funds to take us traveling or, you know, we might've went back home for her Iowa, or we might've went to California to visit my grandpa one time, or we went to, you know, the typical Myrtle beach trips and whatnot, but she didn't always have, you know, the extra money to take me traveling like that. So now I think it's something that's very important to me and something that, you know, inspires me, it motivates me, it, it reignites my energy. So it's something mm -hmm. that I've definitely been, you know, as good as the money is at work and as much as like, you know, the grind is important. It's like definitely taking those, you know, mental breaks and, you know, going, going for those resets has become a very important part of my life. That's good. Now, what kind of advice would you give somebody, um, you know, your younger self, if you had to look back in your, you know, 18, 19, 20, and what advice would you give yourself now that you know what you know now? Um, the advice that I would give myself, uh, you know, save money. That's one thing. <laughs> don't, don't fall victim to, to the, uh, social media or to, you know, trying to live that, you know, keeping up with the Kardashian life or whatever, which is something I feel like I'm, I've done a good job at, but I don't know. I would just, I would have told myself to listen because I feel like I went through a lot of stuff that I really didn't have to sleeping on couches and, you know, the barber school thing and having to move different places and, you know, just having problems financially. Like I just went through so much that I probably didn't have to go through. You know, I always tell people like everybody has a story of struggle, but some people's struggle is like just the cards that they were dealt. This is the life that you were born into. And other people have a struggle to where it's like, you probably could have done things a little bit different and it might have helped you out a little bit more. So I feel like just listening to people who have been here before or people who you respect their opinion. It's like if you're going to seek advice and if you're going to talk to people, then really take that advice and, you know, apply it. Um, you know, and just yeah, that's it, man. Just like listen. Honestly, I was I was never much of a listener when I was younger. I always mm -hmm. thought I knew everything and I thought I had it all figured out. So. Yeah, you're not the only person. I think it's I think it's that age, you know, right. that you go through and you you think you got everything figured out and and then you start to get some years behind you and experience and you're like, "Okay. Right. I didn't." So, yep. and that's kind of what I was like saying about, you know, showing the example and, and right. leading by example and stuff like mm -hmm. that. I think that's a great idea how you were getting out into the community and, and helping these kids and cutting their hair. And hopefully you, you guys will be able to get that back. For sure. Yeah. I, I really feel like huge. anything, anything starts with the haircut, whether it's an interview or, you know, a first date or a first day of school or a wedding or, you know, but especially for kids, man, when you're, when you're going to school every day, especially in the social media world where everything's about, you know, looks and you know what everybody has and you know how you carry yourself I feel like it's very important for a kid to be able to go to school with a good haircut because like I know you probably feel the same like when you get a fresh cut you're feeling yourself you're ready to go attack some you know goals or you know take care of some business so it's like the same thing with kids man and you can yeah. just I love when I cut a kid's hair and I just hand them the mirror and they're just like smiling like that's one of the best feelings you know you got some kids who just like stare at the mirror and they just don't know what's going on. But then you got those one kids that's like, you know, dang, like you just put me back in the game. <laughs> yeah. 
plus you get you got 30 minutes of their time right, right. there in that chair which yep. is a long time right you know to sit there and and kind of build that relationship right but uh no that's cool that's cool well you know what i appreciate i love your story and i love your story of your your drive to get to where you are right now because like i said it's not easy and i'm right. i'm glad you explained the amount of time that it takes to to not only just to get your your license to do right. what you're doing yeah and it's crazy because i mean my first my first year becoming a barber i i literally my license was suspended i moved to a completely new side of town on the south side i'm always raised on the east side so I moved away from friends and people who I thought would maybe want a discount or maybe would take advantage of my time. So I really, you know, moved over here on a limb, man. And I had just paid off my school. I had to move back to Wilmington after I finished school. I moved to Wilmington for four months. And um, when I graduated, basically they said, congratulations, but you owe us $4,000. Well, obviously at that time I didn't have $4,000. So I moved to Wilmington for four months, had to drive back and forth to Charlotte every weekend. I uh, worked 10 hour days for a landscaping company. And I would just be out there in the blazing heat every day, just hit my weed eater, you know what I mean? 10 hours a day. So after I you know, gained the money back, then I went and paid off my school. So boom, there's $4,000, all my money's back gone again. I get out there, I'm painting decks, like pressure washing and painting decks. And next thing you know, I got a couple thousand dollars. All right, I'm ready. I'm about to get an apartment, boom, $2,000 on the apartment just to move in, gone. So I'm back to zero. So at this point, this is when I go to start at my first barbershop. I just moved into a brand new apartment. I have $0 in my pocket. I haven't cut hair in four months because I was working in Wilmington after school. So my skill wasn't, you know, quite up to par. And, you know, I had had nothing, bro. So, uh it was crazy. My first looking back on my books in my first year as a barber, I made $3,000 in my first six months as a barber. So it was tough, man. And it was times where I almost, I almost gave up, almost went and got a part-time job. I almost, you know, switched careers. I just stuck my head down and I said, no, like, I'm going to, I'm going to get great at this. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to build a clientele. I'm going to build a network, build relationships with people. I'm going to continue to stay true to myself and and not do, you know, not try and take any shortcuts. I'm just going to focus, man. And, you know, this this past year, like I said, was a very good year for me. And, and just to look back to to my first year to now, man, it's I mean, if you if you really just stick to it and put your mind to something and, and just immerse yourself fully in it and just dedicate yourself to it, man, anybody can do anything. And I really I stand by that because, you know, when I speak to older barbers or you know even the owners at no grease and you know different different uh people who have been in the industry for a long time i wasn't supposed to get here this fast you know what i mean i wasn't this was something that maybe a, a seven or maybe a 10-year barber would do you know going out on their own and just you know risking it all you know what yeah. i mean yeah so it's definitely, it definitely goes to show, like, if you put your mind to something, you can do it and you can do, do it good. What'd you do through those lean years to supplement your income? Man, I'm, like I said, I was always just hustling. I'd be, uh, 
painting decks like i said um, yeah. i charge like maybe five i could make more money painting a deck in a day than i would you know a whole month at the barbershop <laughs> but i would just be painting decks man landscaping uh odd jobs helping helping yeah. neighbors with you know handyman type work just anything i could do man yeah you know and that's a that's a good point to bring up though that life is is long you know it's short but there's a lot of years and if you would have given up barbering because you made more money painting decks i don't think after five years you would be that happy right you know so i'm glad that you stuck to your trade of what you wanted to do and not get caught up in making that short-term money right and that's one thing that i had to do in barbering for sure and it, they taught us this in barber school and it never made sense to me but i have this one instructor uh charlie petty he's one of the owners of no grease and his voice just i hear his voice in my head almost every day simply because he just stuck with me man every lesson he taught every you know thing that he you know taught us man it just stuck with me but they told us very often like money is just a transfer of energy and they said stop valuing money like value your time stop valuing money and that never made sense to me when you when you never really had money i never my mom never had money my you know we never were a family of money so when when you're just like don't worry about money it's like wait but you need that to eat you need that to live like you need that but when you do something out of the goodness of your heart and you do it because it makes you happy and your attention behind it is, you know, peer, then that's where I feel like the money comes from. Because I feel like, like you said, like when I went and did the painting decks, I probably wouldn't have been as happy, but the money would have always came because I wasn't worried about the money. I was just doing it because this is what I got to do. You know what I mean? Man, hundred percent, hundred percent. When you go out there chasing the dollar, you're mm -hmm. going to come up, um, you're sure. not going to be satisfied and you're going to be disappointed when you go after something with the intent of relationship building and of doing the right thing for people and doing the best, the money always follows, yep. always it's follows. A, it's a very hard concept for someone to grasp who has never yep. had money, you know, it's very hard and it doesn't make sense. And it's like, you kind of just got to go through that, that broke point when you just kind of okay i'm gonna just not like that's what i had to do i'm not focused on the money i'm focused on getting good building relationships and when i did that i did it to a t for a year i didn't complain about money i might stress here and there a little bit but i'm like you know a way is gonna be made because i'm doing what i'm supposed to be doing and when i tell you just applying that for two years just completely my yeah. life just changed my life Good changed for you yeah because i mean like with with barbers I know for me personally, I've been going to the same person for the past nine years because one, I like him. He's a nice guy and he does a good job and that's yeah. all it takes yeah. now. And going to the barber show should be where I sit down. I'm like, what's up, man? How's it going? Catch up. How's your daughter? Da, da, da. And that's what it's all about. Those relationships and people yep. keep coming back, yep. but you yep. just got to say good. Probably the hardest part of my barber career so far is uh, when I had to cut one of my clients for his uh, to be laid to rest. Mm, That's something that a lot of people don't think about. But yeah, that, that comes with the trade too. So that was probably like my hardest, my hardest situation as far as being a barber.
That's the first yeah. time I've ever heard that. I didn't yeah. even think about that. Yep. Yep. Wow. That sucked. It was a tough situation, but you know, it's yeah. part of the trade, man. It, it was a, it was an honor to be able to send him off like that, you know? Yeah, for sure. That's great. Well, Noah, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me right here in Charlotte, man. Steel Creek. I'm in the Rivergate shopping center. Uh, my Instagram, Gully the Barber, at Gully the Barber. So uh, I have my booking link on there. You can find all my work, um, you know, my website. It's got my address, my phone number. So that's the easiest way to contact me. I would say is Instagram, Gully the Barber. Perfect. I appreciate yeah. your time, man. I appreciate you, man. It was very nice talking to you. Hopefully we could do this again sometime in the future. Yeah, I want to watch you grow. For sure, man. All nice right. meeting you, man. Nice meeting you. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Beyond Grit with your host, me, Robert Young. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review. Tell somebody about it. You can find this podcast on all major podcast platforms. And be sure to tune in every Wednesday for another exciting success story of somebody going beyond grit. Until then, take care. <laughs>